I love that it's a custom solution. And I know we talked a little bit about some of the programs outcomes, but share even more. I mean, just around, I know one thing that's huge for me is like attendance, you know, graduation rates. Um, This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things Black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. Wouldn't you like to be a guest on Black Wall Street today with Blair Durham? Well, the link is in the show notes. And now, here's your host, Blair Durham. Greetings, greetings, Stay locked in. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's the 134th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. Excited, as always, to share with you. So excited. Our guest today is Hope R. Sinclair, PhD. She is the executive director of Communities and Schools of Hampton Roads, and she's leading the movement in Hampton Roads to give young people the help they need to not only graduate high school, but to become productive citizens. And she's working to bridge the gap between what our youth need and what our youth are expected to achieve. Her solo practice, Hope Experts LLC, continues to promote youth development and excellence throughout the area by leading the decision to provide quality substance abuse training and counseling services to juveniles and families. Welcome to the show, Hope. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know this interview has been a good while in the making, so I'm glad to glad to have you here as well. And you and I have a, a similar shared passion for youth, so definitely, um, man, I'm, I'm excited for the interview and just thinking about what lies ahead, you know, the coming school year, the state of um, students in Hampton Roads. I would love it if you would kind of share a high level before we get into some of the some of the details. Um, what's your what's your perspective? What's your vantage point on where students are right now um, in light of the, the youth that your organization serves? Sure. Um, what I see is our students are very resilient. Our students have the opportunity to um, fall and easily get back up as long as they have those individuals around them that support them, encourage them, and continue to to just lay hands on them. Let's just say, and not not hands in a in a bad way, but hands, I got you. praying hands, and those individuals in the community that were there for you and I when we were growing up. That's just what what our kids need nowadays, and that's what a lot of them have. Um, And if they don't, for whatever reason, have it in the home, they have it in their site coordinator through communities and schools. They have it in those support systems within the schools. And of course, they have it a lot of times in their community. Um, Sometimes it's unfortunate that they may not be able to identify those individuals right away, but that's what we're here for. We're here to help connect that, that bridge between those students and the community that supports them. So that's the high level. Our, our kids remain resilient and, and I'm very proud of our students um, despite these obstacles that they've had to overcome. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That's a key challenge is a lot of our students don't have that support system. Um, and just adding one additional person whose role it is to lay hands, as you said, you know, I, I guess you're seeing that it makes all the difference, right? Particularly in light of COVID. Absolutely. Very, very much so a difference. Um, we, we have kids all the time. And just recently with graduations, we've had kids that, you know, looking at our site coordinators, like I never would have graduated. Um, I never wow. would have done this or I never would have done that. But it's because of you and 
and just believing in me and giving me these opportunities that normally I wouldn't have had that helps them. Um, so you'll be impressed or surprised in some cases to know that it can be a matter of just being in the school and saying good morning because mm-hmm. that kid never got another good morning or mm-hmm. won't get another good morning. Or we have some of our younger site coordinators who they say, I love you to these kids and these kids never hear, I love you. And that just means a lot to the kids. So that's what we're here for. We we are, you know, this program that's just making sure that these gaps are being connected. Um, so there are not that many gaps that these kids can, you know, close. We're closing those gaps for them. Yeah, I got you. So what is the role of a site coordinator? Absolutely. I heard you mention it a couple of times and I'm thinking, man, it sounds like it sounds like part counselor, part mentor. But what specifically are they tasked to do with students? Absolutely. So let me start with this. What we are, we are committed. um, Well, we see potential in every student and we're committed to ensuring that the student sees that potential as well as the parent. So we, as in site coordinators, we place one in every school that we're in and that's a K-12 model. So we're in all K-12 schools um, and some of our schools are PK. So we do have some pre-K students, but we're in those schools every day. We're building relationships. We're working hand in hand with students, with their schools, with their families, with the communities. And what we're doing is we're creating the access to resources and opportunities to help them overcome any barriers that are before them. And those barriers could be academic barriers. They could be non-academic barriers, but any barrier before a student, we're helping them overcome that. So they can be successful, not just in school, but also in life. Um, And we are really working on the latter part of our our mission, which is to achieve in life nowadays, because what happens after school? How do we continue to support our students after that? But back to the beginning. So we place what we call a site coordinator. and, And the good part about it is I started out as a site coordinator back in April of 2013. Um, And I was in a school in Hampton, the Performance Learning Center. And what we do is we surround those students with that community of support, any and everybody that is needed to help this kid, again, overcome those academic and non-academic barriers. So it could be a financial resource individual. It could be someone to come in and do motivational speaking. It could be someone to help them with attendance or behavior issues or employment opportunities. It can be any type of individual on the outside who wants to come into the school to help our students. And what we tend to do is while we're surrounding that student with that support, we're not just surrounding that student because I can I can instill things in a student all day, but he or she has to go back home. So what happens when they go back home? So we also instill that same message to any family member that's in that home. So it can be the parent, it can be the guardian, it can be the brother, it can be the sister. Now, the brother and sister, the good thing about them is if they are not in one of the schools that we attend or we're we're a part of, we still would provide them services because we want to wow. make sure that we're surrounding that entire student, including their family members that engage with them way more than what we do. We're engaging everybody in that household with the same message. So it's literally learned and embedded in their day to day living. I think I get it, but I got to ask this question, right? Um, Here's my devil's advocate question. Every school has guidance counselors, right? It sounds like 
some of what you're doing, like there may be some overlap. Drive home kind of um, what communities of schools does that that's larger than that or or maybe that even supports that or um augments that yep. so the guidance counselors the staff the teachers they are our partners um so we're not in there doing anything different than what they do but what we're doing is we're helping to alleviate a lot of the pressures that they have on them because they have those sol pressures so the mm-hmm. guidance counselors, or I'm sorry, school counselors, because they don't go by guidance counselors anymore. Oh, wow. School counselors are no longer what the school counselors or guidance counselors were when we were in school. Oh, now, wow. literally trying to help students get their caseload, or not caseloads, but get their schedules uh, done. They're mm-hmm. helping them either pass SOLs or move on to the next level. So we're just an enhancement to what the school counselors do. So if a school counselor wants to put on, let's say, a career fair, and he or she is bombarded with SOLs coming up and they have to help with these schedules and all of that. They can call and say, hey, Hope, I want to put on this career fair. I want it on this particular date. Can you handle it? We mm-hmm. handle it from there. So what we do is, again, we alleviate those pressures that a teacher doesn't, no longer has to be a doctor. She or he no longer has to be the lawyer. He or she no longer has to be the mother, the father. They don't have to provide the food, the, the school supplies. They can call their site coordinator and we can do that. Because we're not bound by those grades or the passing of the SOLs. We let you all do that and we'll help those barriers that are preventing them from being successful in that. So that way, when that student comes to class, he or she is prepared and ready to learn. They're, they're fed, they're, they're engaged, and they're ready. They have their supplies. Whereas without us, uh, that teacher has to be all of those and then that guidance counselor or school counselor also has to do all of those items. And then their work, they get behind on their work because they've taken on other roles. So we like to, to let teachers know, nope, you teach. I'll just make sure the kids are prepared tomorrow when we get to Sounds amazing. So for those in education that are listening that are trying to figure out, okay, our school definitely needs this program, (laughs) needs this partnership. Um, How does that whole thing work? I mean, yeah, go ahead. So normally we are invited by a superintendent. Uh, We may do a presentation or something to a superintendent, but we get the invite from them. And then once that invite happens, what we then do is we of course have to find funding. Now, I'd love to work for free. I'd love to have staff that work for free, but that's not always the case. So the funding piece then has to come into play. So then we can figure out where we need it for. Um, so in order to figure out that part is the superintendent has to let us know, well, this school could need you or that school could need you. So figuring out where we're needed and then also figuring out how the funding is going to happen so that way we pay staff. But even on top of that, the principal has to be engaged as well as all of the moving parts within the school. So I can't just have one-sided buy-in because I need everybody on the same playing field in order for us to be successful. So once that principal is on board, um, if their school agrees to have us, then we have a staff meeting um, and we introduce ourselves to the team, to the teachers, um, and explaining what we do and how we do. And then we come in and we complete what we call is a school support plan. And that kind of tells us what I have going on over here at one school is not the same thing I have going on at the other. 
So I'm not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. What this school needs, this school may not need. So that school support plan kind of interviews everyone and figures out where what, what's needed. And then that's where we look to the community to bring inside of the school. If you just tuned in, you are listening to Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham interviewing Dr. Hope Sinclair. She is the executive director of Communities and Schools of Hampton Roads. And we're talking about the vital work that um, she's involved in. I'm just super excited and listening. So it sounds like, you know, if if my superintendent engages and I lead a school, I'm not just getting a site coordinator. I'm going to get a group of kind of direct service providers what are those individuals called and generally how about how many of those um, will go with that site coordinator into a school so that all depends on the need of the school um yeah. so i can tell you it's 10 i can tell you it's five and it could gotcha. be 55 so it just depends on whatever those needs of the school so like i kind of was saying it's no one size fits all model Mm-hmm. Um, what you get is what you get. What they get is what they get. And then what we allow as as employer, what we allow is our site coordinators to be as creative as they want to be. Um, so they have to literally come into that school. They have to listen to the need, not just hear the need. You have to listen to the need. And then they have to be talented enough to know hmm, they might not have seen that they need this. But what if I approach this to the principal and the principal agrees? This is something I've picked up that may also be needed. Um, so even though we're embedded in that school, we're literally um, not always seen as a staff person. And that works well with the, um, with, with the parents. Because, you know, sometimes parents are like, you know, they're frustrated with the school or they're frustrated with, you know, homework or something like that. They can always call their site coordinator to get that extra support. And it not necessarily always be attached to the school, the negative connotation. Ah, I got you. I love that it's a custom solution. And I know we talked a little bit about some of the program's outcomes, but share even more. I mean, just around, I know one thing that's huge for me is like attendance, you know, graduation rates. Um, I'd love to hear just the impact that that you all are making. Yeah, so um, our site coordinators, I can tell you all day we're successful. Sounds good, right? But what we do is we have, um, we're the local affiliate of a national organization. Okay. Money does not go up to our national organization. It trickles down because we're the ones with the boots on the ground. We're the ones with kids in schools and we're trying to help them get, you know, more money at the top level. And then it comes down to the smaller levels or the local affiliates. So what happens with that site coordinator in order for us to know that what we're doing is helping and um, working is we track and monitor every student that we case manage. So let's go to case management first. We case manage five to 10% of the student population. So if the total population is over a thousand, we're only going to case manage 5%. If that population is under a thousand, we case manage 10%. So that gives us our numbers. So it's roughly about a minimum of 50 and probably a max of 117. Now, 117 kids for one person is a lot. So what we do is we partner with our local colleges. And what the colleges do is they provide us master level or undergrad level interns. And these all have backgrounds in human service school. So those individuals with the bachelor's or working on the bachelor's can case manage up to two students. And those working with the master's degree can case manage up to 20 students. So to put our perspective, 
our national office gives us a data management system. It's called SISDEM. And what SISDEM does is it allows us to track and monitor the grades, attendance, and behaviors of every student that we case manage. Wow. Okay. If I can go back to 2013, we had one school. And I case managed 150 kids. Again, sounds like a lot, but I had interns, so I had help. Um, and then our next year, we ended up going into one additional school. Then it was two schools. Now, if we go to 21-22 school year coming up, we will be in 21 schools this coming school year. So that's been our growth. And that's been our sustainability. So we're still in those same schools we started back in 2013 that are still here. And we're still growing. So with that being said, our numbers, um, our data for 2019-2020 school year, we were in 16 schools and we case managed 11,300, I'm sorry, we monitored uh, 11,387 students, but we case managed 987 of those students. Okay. So the case management is different from the monitoring. So we provide three levels of support. That's a tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is a whole school initiatives. And in order for me to make sure that I'm bringing the school everything that they need, I have to touch at least 75% of the student population four to six times a year. So that's uh, with different programs. It can be a career fair. It can be all of that. It could be any type of program that we touch the entire student body. Okay. And then for tier two and tier three, those are our case managed students. So those are the students that we're working hand in hand they get that one-on-one support as well as group support. And those are the ones that we're monitoring their grades and behaviors. All right? Got it. And then we have our seniors. So 2019-2020, we had about 69 seniors and we had a 94% graduation rate during the school year. The 6% that didn't graduate during the school year were able to graduate during the summer. Just needed a little extra support. We have an 89% increase in behaviors or decrease in behaviors, let's say. Got it, got it. 87% increase in attendance. Now, we're not getting, and, and, and it's not a shot at our students, but we're not getting our cream of the crop. We're not getting straight in students. We're getting right. students who look at us again as they walk across the stage to say, I didn't think I was going to graduate. This mm. was never, this wasn't easy, but mm. with your assistance, with your help, I was able to do it. So these students are students who have so much going on for them outside of school. You know, these are kids who have to work. They have to provide support for their families. We have a lot of our high school students, as you know, our high schools in this area start after or start before our elementary and middle schools. So our high school students, a lot of times, are responsible for getting elementary and middle school students on the bus, and then they're always late for school. But what ends up happening is we make sure that they have some support at the home. So the kids have the opportunity to get on the bus while this student doesn't miss out and, you know, in jeopardy for failing because he or she has missed so many days or been late so many times. And that's even providing support for the family, for the moms or the working dads or whomever has custody of this kid to ensure that nothing is missed at the home. Mm, love it. We've got about four, three and a half minutes remaining. I'm just thinking, you know, I'm listening. I'm a parent. I'd love to have this extra layer of support. I've got to get it all the way up to the superintendent for consideration. And I would imagine that 
a lot of times you all end up in schools because parents heard about work that was happening at another school. What would you say to a parent that needs to figure out how to start that process? We'll talk to your principal. Um, I can get a, we can talk to a superintendent all the time. Um, you can talk to a superintendent all the time. But if we have a number of parents who talk to a principal and that principal in turn talks to that superintendent, go to your school board meetings. Mm. We have a parent who's voicing and, and saying, hey, I would love to have this opportunity or program for our students and, you know, in our schools, let the school board members know. Um, we actually used to do what we call site visits where we go into a school and we bring in donors and uh, we had a few parents come and speak. A parent spoke at the meeting where the superintendent was as well as the principal and said, I actually don't want my kid to leave elementary school because it's not one of them in the middle school. Wow. He ended up in the middle school. Oh, wow. And it was that one parent who came and shared her story about her struggle and what that site coordinator at that particular school had been doing for her student and her. Yeah. She didn't want her kid to move to the next level because we weren't going to be with them. That's incredible. We've got about two minutes remaining on this segment. Please provide the information um, for communities of schools in Hampton Roads. When we come back, we'll talk about Hope Experts. But yeah, share this in closing. Yeah, so um, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Um, our website is www.cisofhr.org. Again, that's cisofhr.org. Um, our phone number is 757-334-2315. You can find us on all social media platforms at C-I-S-O-F-H-R. At C-I-S-O-F-H-R. C-I-S-O-F-H-R. We got it. Are you a 757 business owner? Do you desire to make new connections and grow your community involvement? Could you benefit from taking classes to sharpen your skills? Well, join Black Brand, Hampton Roads Regional Black Chamber of Commerce. Completing a membership application is simple. Just click onto our website at www.blackbrand.biz or download the app. We look forward to meeting and building with you soon. Talk soon. Talk soon. Talk soon. This show is brought to you by the consulting services of Positive Vibes Incorporated. We do credit fixes, we do debt restructuring, and we put money in the pockets of real estate investors. So give us a call. We can fix your credit. We can restructure your debt. And if you're a real estate investor, I would love to put thousands of dollars into your pockets. 757-932-0177. That's 757-932-0177. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street.